0: Alrighty, guys. Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the Twenty Tens, a podcast about the movies from the twenty Tens. I'm Jack Draper. With me is my friend, who I haven't seen in nine years, Clay Williams. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you again. How's it going? It's been nine <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> we, we tried to live. keep a straight face, but it's like I saw you Sunday. Where it's it's like, true. You know, just, no, you we saw you last night. We saw last night. You saw me last yesterday. night. You <laughs>
1: We can't get, we can't keep away from each other. We
0: can't. I see you too much. This is the opposite of these two. I mean, I've been saying that for a long time
1: now. (laughs) I see see your lovely face too much.
0: It's, it's this thing where it's like, I just, I really wish we could take a nine year break now.
1: (laughs) I mean, I kind of did. I took like a three month break or whatever. It's,
0: (laughs) yeah, but then. Yeah. What came you? What got you coming back? I don't. I don't know. Right.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I don't. I really don't know why. Actually, I just realized. Oh yeah. I guess I could do <laughs> this again, even know. though Tyler was doing a better job than I did. So. Shout out Tyler. Oh funny.
0: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's. Should we get to a quick? What have been watching recently?
1: Literally nothing since we last recorded. Nothing.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I I thought I'd try. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, okay. well then you know you could have made, you could have lied to us and then like you know. Uh,
1: Did I, I? must have watched something.
0: That, that would have been funny if like you come up with a whole library thing. I can go if if you want to yeah, think about right. it. Yeah. Um. I th- I think for me, hacks season two has been very good and and funny and delightful. Quick review. <laughs> uh, the leads are good. I don't know. It's funny. Uh.
1: I hear that Jean Smart I really... can act. I don't know. I've yeah, she, she, on, she sure can. It's on the street.
0: We should give her a trash bag full of Emmys. And uh, to steal a quote from our past guest, Allison, Picuro dip Jean Smart in gold. God, that was um, a great fucking yeah. thing to say. That is that is the magic of the movies. I don't know what that was. No, that's not. But um, that was, yeah, it's, that's a great thing to say about people. <laughs>
1: Was Barry, did we, was Barry after we recorded? The last episode of Barry?
0: Um, yeah, Roy Deschanel is back with us. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Fox, dude. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing amazing things over there.
2: Um, I watched two movies yesterday. Jesus. The first (laughs) was this movie called Pleasure.
1: Oh
3: yeah,
2: recommended to me. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, did, like a festival circuit last year. I can't remember if it was like cons or Sundance. I whatever. I don't remember.
1: I think
0: it was Sundance, um, but it was Sundance. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's about this girl, the Swedish girl, who's trying to like, kind of make it into the porn industry, and just all about. Her. It's just kind of like a showbiz tale, a little bit. Like she's mm-hmm. kind of just trying to like ruthlessly climb her way to the top, but it also just kind of has really interesting conversations about like. Lines of consent and like commodifying sex and like gender dynamics. Like it's it's very interesting. Um, highly recommended. I would have liked a bit more, a bit more comedy. It, right. But I mm-hmm. guess it's kind of hard to make a funny movie about the dangers of porn. Um, Unless it's like you
0: then, wildly switch your tone, where it's like you. Yeah. It's I tough to it. balance that with the comedy. I yeah. mean, switching
2: yeah. That's a really lame thing to ask. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Boogie Nights is funny, but also yeah. serious
2: that's true boogie nights is a little cuckoo um in a funny way <laughs> but i think it has a little almost less to say especially with the women in the industry like it just it has a bit less to say I think. right mm-hmm. no for sure uh, more of like a character movie but mm-hmm. and then the other movie i watched was called pariah i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. heard of it oh it's the d reese film so good yeah you guys know everything yes um, well i do know yeah, everything thank you for it.
1: thank you for realizing yeah. that. I actually, fact, so <laughs> <glad> <laughs> that i do actually in fact know everything so i'm glad someone realized that yeah
2: i'm getting that yeah. true yeah it's true no thing.
1: that that's um, a great but... film that's like that's like bradford young's like first we can cover shot. it
0: right that's like 2010 2011 oh, that's 2011
1: yeah, yeah
2: 2011 it's about yeah. like a queer black teenager in brooklyn and she's kind of hiding her sexuality from her mom and like letting leaving this like Leading this double life, but also kind of exploring her burgeoning sexuality. It's really interesting. It's about her relationship with her dad as well. It's just fascinating. Kind of a coming age, age movie. Um, Yeah, it was really beautiful. Really well acted. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's me. I remember awesome.
1: those shots on the bus like yesterday. I, they're just so... like yeah. But,
2: yeah. They're beautiful. I think it won an award yeah. for cinematography. It
1: should. I th-
0: that sounds about right. What it it kind of reminds doing? me of the it reminds me of the Ava DuVernay movie "Nowhere" or "Middle of Nowhere," uh, where it's like a similar vibe, like low indie, like character study on the outsides of society. It's very good yeah, too. Well, he
1: also he's worked with uh, Bradford Young. who's also worked with DuVernay. He did uh, yes, yeah, yep. Mm,
0: I think crazy. Selma too, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I think man, that dude yeah. fucking rules. He need I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he's still technically working, but he needs to do more. Like he hasn't mm-hmm, done yeah. something since twenty nineteen. I think that's
0: solo. Possible. I remember like that was his big project. Yeah, that that was
1: in twenty eighteen, and that yeah. movie shot. One. No, no, I know, I know. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah oh the motherfucker does Arrival, yeah. and then uh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But when yeah. they
1: see us, is also an incredible well, looking thing.
0: Yes. Shout out Bradford yeah.
1: for Young, friend of the
2: friend. podcast. Shout out Bradford Young, friend of the fun.
4: <laughs>
0: Fast uh-huh. and Future guest.
4: Yeah.
2: I like to say uh. spiritual friend of the ex. <laughs>
4: I like,
0: like that yeah
2: like they're not necessarily your actual bestie but in your head canon, they yeah. Are your yeah yeah
0: i like yeah. that I yeah. Mean, yeah someone
1: um, could make a case he's one of the better so- cinematographers of the decade we are covering
0: i think Ooh. if not that but like the best emerging cinematographers. yes like, okay the that's probably a that's really rest. that's probably a better made a name for themselves yeah yeah um yeah. you know a lot of times we'll make jokes like Oh, wouldn't it be fun if we got so and so on? But I feel like more than anything, Bradford Young would just be like a very random name if we booked him ever. Like that, just like oh, really? People? They got it. They got him. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm
1: gonna do some googling. Yeah, I
0: believe
1: in you. <laughs> some googling. Some <laughs> While you do some
0: googling about Bradford Young's Twitter presence, um, why don't we move on to before midnight? Uh, really, please start us off. When was your first time you've seen this? and your exposure to uh, the trilogy as a whole. And since this is the first time that we're covering Richard Linklater, maybe we do like our first exposure to-
4: Oh, we said we were gonna stop. They wanted to see the ruins. Yeah, but should we wake him up?
5: No. You know what let's do? On our way back to the airport, we can catch him. Hmm? You know we won't. Move. Yeah, I'm probably
4: not. Okay. And how did you two meet?
5: We met about 18 years ago. We kinda sorta 18. fell in love. And a decade later, we ran into each other. No, no, no. You me. wrote
4: a book, and I read about it, and went to look for it. Oh, that's yeah. pretty romantic. If we were meeting for the first time today on a train, would you start talking to me? Would you ask me to get off the train with you? Of course. Well, this place is so full of thousands of years of myth and tragedy, and I thought something tragic was going to happen. I'm still there. Still there. Gone. No.
1: You never stop ogling girls. I don't
5: ogle girls. I make love to them with my eyes.
4: Oh, wow. I'm stuck with an American teenager.
5: I feel close to you. Yeah.
4: But sometimes I don't know. I feel like you're breathing helium and I'm breathing oxygen. What makes you say that? I wanted you to say something romantic and you Okay. okay.
5: You are the mayor of Crazy Town. Do you know that? You are.
4: This is how people start breaking up.
5: Oh my god. I assure you, that guy you vaguely remember, the sweet romantic one that you met on the train, that is me. Why am I finding myself so attracted to this woman?
2: So I first watched. So my friend Georgia in high school was obsessed with Before Midnight. So she recommended it to me. I hadn't mm. seen the trilogy yet. This this would have been like ten years ago. Uh, so I kind of started with Before Sunrise. Obviously, and, like worked my way through. And Before Midnight had I think like just came out. Um, and then I watched Before Midnight. Um, I fell in love with it immediately, mainly because I have a huge crush on Ethan Hawke. Like I'm yeah. in love. I am Julie Delby to be honest. They're both Yeah, so honestly. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I loved it. I just fell in love with it. I, weirdly enough, I feel like Before Midnight is my favorite of the trilogy, which is funny because I think a lot of people it's their least favorite just because yeah. it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's honestly stunning. I think just like the setting is beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, and also just I feel like it, it kind of it's like a sobering take on what is a very aspirational relationship, which I really like. Um, because it feels realistic. Um, and Linklater in general I watched Dazed and Confused Like any high schooler like pretty early on And yeah. obsessed with it Because uh, it's It's iconic And then I watched Boyhood And that's the extent of my Linklater knowledge like, I actually haven't seen his other movies From to what I remember Mainly mm-hmm. just the trilogy and those two um, But I love him, I think he's so talented Boyhood I'm not as much of a fan of As his other the other movies I've seen But it's okay, it's still good yeah, um, yeah.
0: It's still very much dealing with like the same things. You can tell that it's like from Linklater, and that, and mm-hmm. it's like, I I love. I think Boyhood is like it just got me like at the right time. I think like it hit me the same way that I I think Before Midnight hit you at the same age, like yeah. somewhere in like early to mid high school. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say something else, but I forget. Clay, would you like to tell us about your first experience with the trilogy?
1: Yeah. So. Let me figure out. Sorry, I've been trying to think of like okay. First, let me give an update. Brad By the, the way, is Bradford is on Young Twitter. on Twitter? He's not. Okay, I yeah. checked.
0: Yeah. There a, I, kn- I know like some are, in, are on uh, in Instagram. Like I know Greg Fraser is on Instagram, and right, right, Roger Deakins is on Instagram. But maybe uh, there
1: there is a, a U.S. Uh, Air Force pilot named Bradford Young. Unfortunately, not the same. Uh, I checked. <laughs> um,
0: That's his side if, job. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. Technically. I feel like my first Linklater was School of Rock. Um, Even though... Oh,
2: I guess I've seen that. I forgot he did that. But that's the thing. And
1: I haven't seen that movie in at least a decade, probably more. So I don't really remember much from it. I mean, I understand what the plot is. I've seen uh, snippets. I know, like, the idea of it. Um, But Mm -hmm. I can't... I don't want to say it's my first one, because it's like, one, I didn't know who he was before I watched it. Second, I barely Mm -hmm. remember the movie. Um, Before Sunrise, I saw in 2017 um and i'm guessing i for some reason don't man the thing with technology is you rely on it so much that you forget that you have you can form memories um <laughs> that but yeah no like 2017 i watched it um i must have binged i think there was a, a period of time where i watched the first two in a row and then waited to watch before midnight um yes i watched it in may 2018 and i and when did i see before sunset wow this is taking me on a trip and i think i and then i see days of confused after that
0: um
1: Uh there's literally a year apart before i saw before sunset and before midnight
0: that's
2: That's kind of nice it's nice to have distance yeah Yeah, i was gonna say i
0: don't even
2: know But me, I Richard Linklater him. would
0: love that. They give it distance. He would love yeah, that. He yeah, loves time. Yeah, he loves time. he's kind of yeah, he a weird. Time. gimmick like performance yeah. artist man. He loves
2: yeah. playing with time and endurance. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love watching him in interviews. Like, I it was just like a blessing to like rewatch some of the interviews at the time and like just him in general. Like a montage of like public speaking about his work and it's just like he's always like, you know, we're growing up. It's just like that vibe. I love it.
1: Um. <laughs> interesting
0: i'm from so, texas yeah. what are you gonna do you know <laughs> it's, I, it's that
1: <laughs> i loved the before sunrise and before sunset immediately um but it didn't really necessarily convince me of richard linklater um i just loved the movies i didn't like think of him more as a director i needed mm-hmm. to explore um and then i wait a year and then i watch before uh, midnight and then apparently i watch boyhood and um days and confused close after that too uh Mm -hmm. boyhood um
0: which we'll cover someday of course
1: we haven't covered that yet i always feel like we've covered it but we haven't that's right
0: there must have been an episode where we must have been on a tangent about it maybe right
1: must have um the more i think about the movie the less i like it i still like it quite a bit but it's just for some reason hard to maintain my memory days and confuse mm. is kind of the same way i think that's a really fun like party movie but i don't think it doesn't really hit me emotionally as the before trilogy does like the before trilogy is to me just by far the best thing i've ever seen from him there's that's still his film. magnum
0: opus yeah yeah there's mm-hmm. still
1: films i have not seen of his uh you know where did Bernadette mm-hmm. go who knows uh, <laughs> yeah. i didn't yeah. find her um, yeah, I, I hear oh, yes. I hear people are on the case but you know I can't I, I can't take You anything. haven't been
0: the uh Me and Orson Me and Orson Welles like or you haven't no. You haven't met the Newton boys no it's not a Bernie of long
1: You haven't woken and I another movie I don't remember him or remember? From. Mm-hmm. I guess we can cover also can cover that. Someday. We can
0: we can cover Bernie. We can cover the last flag flying. We can what? Yeah, you know, I I think his other great film this decade is uh, Everybody Wants Some. With two exclamation points. But
1: I have not. I also have not seen that.
0: It's that's even though it has
1: Wyatt yeah. Russell, and I feel like I'm mm-hmm. maybe top five Wyatt Russell fans.
0: Well, I just I would like to say uh, once we do cover it, get the five stars ready because you'll you'll love it.
1: <laughs> um, I also think. Uh, what was the other? Oh yeah, in uh, Everybody Wants Some, the HBO Max's Superman is also in, in that movie. I know that. Tyler Hecklin.
0: Interesting. Hoechlin,
1: Oakland, whatever the fucking Brit is named. Um,
0: in the news yet, right now, Glenn Powell's in it, of course.
1: Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, I need to watch yeah. it. I need to watch it. I, hear, I always heard the, I, I did, I, I know the antidote that he wasn't really looking for actors first. He was looking for baseball players then. Mm-hmm. If they were actors, um, mm-hmm. which I find, you know, that feels like... A, it's one of those things like, yeah, Linklater would do that. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those quirks. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not like the biggest Linklater head. Um, I haven't seen his new movie, the Apollo thing. I haven't seen Burned Dead, Last Flag Flying. But I do love the before trilogy, and I love Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, I... And I love Julie Delphi. They're both incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke is... Man, I've just been getting more obsessed with him lately. I rewatched yeah. his TED talk not so long ago, um, mm-hmm. and it's just one of the best things I've ever seen. It makes me really happy and joyful and uh, and like emotional. It's just I love just him talking. It's like it It's really like I also the any like passionate Ethan Hawke is also very attractive, uh, in just in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, he has such conviction. Yeah, it's great.
3: Yeah,
2: he seems like a very emotionally intelligent individual. Yeah. Measured measured.
0: You can tell from you can tell from that TED talk that it you're listening to a writer uh, more than an actor in that moment, um, and he's he's such a mature like person uh, in in 2013. I think right now as well, um, where he just makes make he just keeps on making uh, intelligent career moves, and we'll certainly have more opportunities to talk about him.
1: He seems like maybe one of the most approachable movie stars ever,
2: except for the block the. That... The 2000 Hamlet, where he, he monologues in a blockbuster. That's yeah. my only the only choice he's made that I'm like, hmm,
1: interesting, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sold on. Listen, you. some <laughs>
0: choices were being made there because we, we were in between made. before movies. Yeah, it
2: was Y2K. We, ha- we, can't, <laughs> we can't
1: blame <laughs> Y2K. It. He was coming
0: off great expectations. Yeah, uh, it was. It yeah. yeah,
2: everyone has, a, has their off days.
1: <laughs> yeah, Years. I mean, who wasn't weird during Y2K? Um, you know, I was i know, zero, I know. But that's zero we can give
0: excuses to ethan for being weird it's fine <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah i mean ethan recently did moon night which uh, i enjoyed and he was good <laughs> in um but yeah i'm i'm ethan pilled man i i need to watch some yeah. of his other stuff that i haven't seen but yeah just watching this for the third like just watch this is my second time watching before midnight this is the only rewatch i've done mm-hmm. from any of the before trilogy and i did not rewatch mm-hmm. the first two leading up to this one i didn't really have time and two i was curious what that would do like how i would approach it mm-hmm. um uh and, and it's interesting because when you're watching it without binging the first two it kind of feels like its own movie you don't really think of it as a trilogy you just watch it like yeah. you're kind of devoid of the first two movies' context uh, and it's really interesting experience, honestly, because it just feels because it feels complete. That's the crazy. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. The, you and it really sort of feels. N-
0: oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rock scissors. Can, see who goes. Feel yeah.
2: like they can stand on their own. Kind right. Of, right. Because exactly. Because they absolutely so reliant on each other. But they're. But yeah, they all are enjoyable on their own and are Yeah, they can be understood on their own.
0: And I think this one feels kind of novelistic in how like it'll refer to the past, um, like. Uh, celine talking about the pinball game that uh, that jesse beat her in but it's like so unfair that the competitiveness is still there even they're in their 40s and it's like they just uh-huh. know each other so well but they choose to accept that rather than you, you know that's like a microaggression that i think will lead to the third act of the movie but wait was the, um,
1: was the pinball game in the first one of the, in the it was
0: in it was in sunrise yeah when they were walking See, i didn't around, even yeah. remember
1: that i was just like oh that's a fun mm.
2: antidote it's so,
1: yeah, it's so yeah so cool
0: yeah, that it's was one great. of my
2: favorite aspects. Like, I think just uh, like Ethan, like all three of them, because they they write it collaboratively. Like, mm-hmm. like yep. do such a good job of building the tension in this movie, but pointing to the little aspects of like, if you rewatch it, you can see all the little moments with which they, it builds up to this fight, but it doesn't actually feel like it's so natural. there's not, not one moment yeah there's not one moment and it's so naturalistic everything's a microaggression there's so much underlying tension but you don't understand all of it until you get like the final picture when they end up like blowing up each other
3: it's yeah just
2: so expertly it's really done so good
0: um and, and and once you get to that and i yeah like they write on all three of the movies um but then it's interesting to see like i don't think ethan and julie got writing credits until this one uh, at least they didn't on Sunrise. And it's also a misconception that uh, Ethan Hawke doesn't write all of Julie Dopey's dialogue and vice versa. Like, they'll add lines and subtract lines from each other and, like, work on their own characters. As they um, go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, like, Richard Linklater was talking about, like, he'll have the script ready to go and have the outline ready. And then, like, they'll do one complete read-through. And then he'll, like, leave uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Dopey alone to, like, make arrangements but nothing is improvised, right? So it's like they can add to it and and have everything rearranged. But then, like, like they just can't, like just have to say everything then uh, mm-hmm. to to fit them and like to see what they believe. Uh, Jesse and Celine would say and do at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, though, I'll uh, I'll chime in real fast. That yeah, what was your my, first exposure? Yeah, <laughs> my mom would showed me like I think early high school around the time that. Boyhood was coming out randomly, like it wasn't like we didn't watch Before Sunrise together because of it. She didn't know there were sequels, and my mom was like, "Yeah, I remember this movie with Ethan Hawke coming out around the time I was in college, and like really affected me. Like I hadn't seen a movie just based around like two people conversing uh, for ninety minutes." And I'm like, "Mom, there's more of these, (laughs) and and like at a (laughs) time, like you should." And like I think we we saw it before sunset together uh, and it's like, Whoa, I didn't know there was another, <laughs> um, you know, cause like in 2004, like sunset, like, I don't know, like I would be like four years old and it's like, kind of like we talked about like where my mom was like tracking her with like Celine and Jesse. I remember that conversation and, um, yeah. And then I think like really, like I saw Dazed and Confused like early high school and, mm-hmm. uh, and then like, yeah, boyhood early high school. Um, and then, like throughout the years, I've just seen like more Linklater. Uh, it's also cool that we're doing this because it's been nine years uh, since before midnight. And also, like Richard Linklater just came out with uh, Apollo 10 and a Half, which is good. And I don't think people are giving it enough credit how good it is. Because no <laughs> one saw. Just want to yeah. No one saw it. I know it sucks. <laughs> it's it's not like that. People were like, Net- "This is bad."
1: It's like no one watched
0: it. I know. I was just about to say, and Netflix was like, "New Linklater trash." Like, you Wait, know, get out of here. I like, thought that was Hulu. It was, net, yeah, it was netflix yeah, it was like, that just oh. proves my point yeah exactly yeah. um uh, i don't know yeah but I, I think i think these movies yeah i agree with you though like it's clearly his everything to say about like relationships and time and love and uh philosophy and all these things that just like feels of course like everybody says like it feels so naturalistic but Yet like everything is very tightly written. Like that combo is just so, so impressive. Um, there's this interview with Ethan and Julie talking about, or maybe it's just with Julie Dolby, that they were shooting the car scene, the long take in the beginning. And they couldn't skip a beat because it's like they were trying to, like, you know, it was all one take, so they couldn't skip a beat. But then you have the little ones in the back seat and they couldn't wake up yeah yeah just like clocked out and then it's just like oh yeah like we just can't wake up the the little ones and no i think it's super interesting um that it's like that's that's like their most challenging aspect is that car scene rather than the third act where it's like that's what you'd imagine is uh i think maybe both of their theater experience with planes that sometimes, um
2: sometimes when directors choose to do just one take i'm like you actually didn't have to. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels yeah. like an unnecessary burden that was. Yeah. Like I wasn't watching that, and I was like, "Wow, that's all one take."
1: Right. No, and I literally, I didn't. Like, I had no there. idea until you said it was one take. I literally, legitimately had.
2: Yeah, it. yeah. I was like, "Why did you make those they little cut- girls have to pretend they were like dead for
0: like?" <laughs> like they were such pros. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they cut away for a second to that location that the girls wanted to visit, but then the they ruins. didn't want to like stop and awake that. Yeah, the ruins. Yeah, and it's and it's like so interesting. And it's like yeah, it's like so you get inside their head so well. Um.
4: No, no, but basically I rehearse my lines like nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And the way we, we work on it is that we even, you know, in a conversation, sometimes you overlap, sometimes you don't. You can't do a scene with two people filmed Facing, like in the car and if there's no overlap it's gonna sound a little fake and if there's too much overlap you don't understand what they're saying etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. so we had to find the right moments to overlap and write them down with like an underline okay those two words we overlap each other uh, all that stuff so basically you find the rhythm that you usually find in editing you have to find it in the rehearsing wow. process and it's so tedious and so horrible <laughs> i mean it's not horrible because it's a wonderful feeling once you're done with it when once you're actually finished with the scene you're like we did it, <laughs> you know. It's it's like that yeah. kind of feeling, you know. But it's actually so tedious and so precise. It seems almost, um, it it's not very, you know, it's not that exciting. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually really, really hard work. It's like practicing violin. I mean, it reminded me when I was playing violin, basically, where you have to do it so many times that you eventually it sounds like it's it's uh, it's it doesn't hurt, but in fact it does hurt. You know, that kind of that kind of pain kind of thing.
0: Uh, and speaking of that first scene in the car, I think it's a 13-minute take, um, with no cutaways, no interruptions.
3: How many times did
0: you? There's
4: one that cutaway, take? but it's a fake one because it's just a cutaway to show the runes, because you you wanted to see it, but it's actually the same take. Really. So so because in the end he couldn't edit it because the light was different in every take, mm-hmm. because it's real. It's really using a car. I mean, you have to think it's not a play. We're shooting outside on the streets of Greece. I mean with two kids in the back in that same shot. Yeah. So it's it's very tricky. We only got, we did as much as we could in the time frame we had, and we had two days to do that scene, but the first day turned out to be rehearsal time because for technical issues and all that, and then the second day was shooting, and in the end, we got that one take once. Only once. Only once all the way through. There was always like a goat in the middle of the road. There was like... <laughs> You know, a light went off because you have to think it's a whole production when you, I mean, you know, you know how it is. It's like a whole, I mean, I'm talking to, you know, people that know that there's like lights falling and, and lights are falling or turning off in a three minute scene. So imagine 14 minutes, it just, the chances of getting it right. We were lucky. I think we were lucky pretty
2: much, you know. Were there a couple of times when you almost made it all the way through and then somebody flubbed the line? Oh, yes, of course.
4: (laughs) No, no. And you have also two kids of seven years old in the back. You know the chances yeah. of them actually waking up on cue, is uh, and doing their job, and they were amazing. They were amazing. They were.
0: <laughs> but just to say one more thing about Ethan, um, you know, we have our uh, past and future guest Kyle Amato hosting an entire podcast about Ethanock podcasts. Uh, everyone should oh! check it out. It's fantastic. We have both. And them I it. gave, <laughs> <laughs> and I gave him a, 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 an opportunity to send us a little message that I'll play now about talking about Ethan in 2013 and his relationship with Linklater and 2010s Ethan. So this is it right now.
6: Um, This is Kyle Amato from HawkCast. Uh, Jack asked me to just do a really quick voice memo about where Ethan Hawke was in 2013. Uh, It's actually an interesting answer because uh, in the late 2000s, like early 2010s, he did a bunch of random stuff like, um, Well, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is a great movie, but like What Doesn't Kill You, Staten Island, New York, Daybreakers, uh, Brooklyn's Finest, just like some weird cop movies and the vampire one. The Moby Dick miniseries, Woman in the Fifth, was a very strange French movie. Uh, I'd like to rewatch because I don't think it was bad, but it's very strange. Uh, And then he had Sinister. Uh, And chronologically, Before Midnight is his first 2013 release, but the more consequential one is The Purge, which came out... That summer, I want to say, um, I can just look that up, but that is where Ethan made most of his money because he got a box office on it. Uh, yeah, so that was June 7th. So it was like right after it. So he made most of his like current day fortune off of the purge box office. Uh, I don't know if he makes any money on the sequels, but uh, he did show up in the TV show for two seconds as like a fun cameo, I assume, because he and Jason Blum are buddies Um, yeah. Then he also did Getaway, which was like a Nick Cage-style straight-to-DVD thing. Not a great film. Uh, yeah. And then Boyhood comes out the next year. He gets another, um, Oscar nomination. Supporting actor. Should have won, but it was J.K. Simmons' year, so you can't really fight that. Uh, yeah. And then he sort of settles into being the Ethan Hawke we know now, which is fun. Um, but yeah. Enjoy, uh, discussing Before Midnight. I, hope to cover on a hot cast eventually, but we're in no real rush here. All right. Keep Hawking the skies.
0: And yeah, with this one, it is interesting that we bring up everybody thinking like this is the worst of the trilogy. Or it's not like people thought this was bad at the time, but it's just like Sunrise and Sunset were just like it's so hit everybody at such an important time. And like, you know, everyone says like Sunset is like the best movie of the two thousands and stuff like that. And this one was like such a cold splash of water on everyone's faces. Right. Um, I just, I adore this one. I'm I'm like, I'm like you bro. That I just, I I think it just feels so, so true. You know, it's just, it feels right. It feels, it feels like they will grow up to be like this. Um, I rewatched the trilogy because like I, I hadn't rewatched the trilogy in so long. Um, And I I was like, if I have an opportunity to rewatch these movies, I'm going to take it. But I didn't plan to initially. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing Midnight and then comparing it to Sunrise and Sunset, it's like, you can see like when they get really upset with each other, that little like 20, like those little kids in their 20s, like starts to come out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's, like super interesting.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful the way they've evolved Mm -hmm. the characters. I feel like this time around, like, re-watching it hit me, like, harder. I, like, I got out like, a pretty long-term relationship in the fall. And, like, I, at the moment, feel, like, really cynical about relationships in general or just long-term relationships. And I it felt like I appreciate that before Midnight, like, they weren't afraid to kind of decay these characters and make them a bit unlikable at times in ways that I think the first two movies don't. Like, they're pretty aspirational in the first two movies. It's, like, kind of fantastic. Not, not fantastical, but just, like, a bit of a fantasy of, like, right. you know, the first two movies. We kind of get them in their honeymoon phase, but this is, like, very just pragmatic. Like, no, you know... And I, I'm i kind of depressed at the moment about, like, the life cycles of relationships. I feel like they all go the same way, no matter how well they start. But what I like about this is that it kind of leaves us with a bit of hope at the ending. Um, even though they've, like, had this big fight, and they're, like, really grasping to, to kind of make up... Um, You've, it's still kind of hopeful at the end, and I don't know what it is about it, but I felt like they were going to be okay.
1: Right. Nice. But you could also understand that it, that still could be their last night together. Like you, under, like there is yeah. that hope, but there's also that realism and understanding of that there is still issues here that they kind of mm-hmm. haven't fully addressed, and that they're going to continue to discuss. Um, and so, even if whether that's the last night or not, I mean, it's just kind of like people have issues they have disagreements some problems are not solvable necessarily sometimes you just have to accept the unsolvable problems and the unsolvable mm-hmm. characteristics about someone else but yeah it's it but and I, one like, of the
0: unsolvable problems i think is uh you know it's Celine being like people eat a lot of feta here in greece i just really like that moment i want <laughs> there <you>
2: go
0: <laughs> i cannot stand these the
2: people. biggest problem yeah. yeah i find that yeah kind and of... it's
0: it's oh, like it, but it's also like you know they they have one night away from the kids and i think that's so sad to me where it's like thinking about this as a perspective as more now as a parent more than them as a couple it's like this is their one chance to like just be those people that we saw them in sunset where they just get to like like have responsibilities but then like when they're with each other of this carelessness that is so rare to them now and this is how they spend it, it that's so sad <laughs>
2: really i think the script like really taps into that cyclical like late night conversation you have with a partner where it you literally can't resolve it like it keeps going and repeating mm-hmm. the exact same talking points that have always come up you can tell they've argued about this a million times before and it's just at some point like there's no way to get out of the argument like there's no way to even really apologize like he doesn't really apologize at the end he just kind of tries to to like move things away or like bring light to the situation because like yeah as you're yeah. saying something are unsolvable, um, which I think is just so beautiful. Like they're so great at writing naturalism. Um, yeah, I don't know how they do it, but I, I find it like really inspirational in terms of like writing. Um,
1: I think that comes from the collaboration we've been talking about. um yeah. I know I love- Richard
0: Linklater has this direction to Julie Delpy where it's like less acting, and he says to constantly like tone down the theatricality because like he knows when to bring out the theatricality and i think it just might not be the moments where julie delpy is thinking where it should be something right. like that
1: but i also i also think it's just one of those things where i mean I lo- we all love auteurs we all you know we love the Maliks, we love the <laughs> you know the spiel like, we love all of those people but i think real collaboration and some auteurs are real open to collaboration um creates the most naturalism because the idea, because, you know, you're trusting your actors to be the characters you've written, to be the very like, you know, to be the soul of the film. And if you've trusted them that and like, you know, that far enough, you should trust them to give you feedback and to give you like, oh, I think they should say this, I think they should say that. I don't think they would say this. Because I think that's mm-hmm. very important to feel the most, again, natural, fluid, understand that they also they have a different perspective of the character, but it's still kind of the core understanding of what you wrote. Just different yeah. voices being involved in something. I think that's what creates the best
2: naturalism and a diversity of perspective. Like, I don't know how well he could write Celine on his own. You know, exactly. I, like, I see a lot of. I'm assuming a lot of what Ethan Hawke says in this movie is from Ethan Hawke and Richard like later because it is very like ah the, the dad that doesn't get to see my son. Like, it's just very like. <laughs> but and then I think Celine, like, yeah, I feel like Julie Delphi kind of invokes into her something that I don't think they they can tap into. <laughs> so i think it's yeah yeah yeah, i think i I think think for
0: better yeah i think for for better or for worse you can see a lot of ethan in jesse um Mm -hmm. but then like from the dialogue julie will write for jesse that may or may not like tone him it may not tone down his personality but yet like it'll it'll like contort the character to like what the actual relationship is not so much like ethan putting himself into the character and i think that is such a specific balance um but then again you you don't know if it's the same as uh as ethan doing that for uh Celine and julie's character
1: can you guys tell yeah. who writes what line or something like i i can't i have no idea okay.
0: yeah no it's pretty it's no. pretty invisible for a, minute, yeah. for a minute i
1: thought i, I was like alone i'm like i
2: don't know what who wrote
1: what <laughs> um
2: No, it's hard to tell. I think a lot of their little world views, like Selena's, a lot of little world views that I wonder if they're just Julie Delphi's, like, own, like, the more existential, like, conversations they have, I find, I feel like, I wonder if they wrote themselves, kind of. Right. Mm. Uh, Because they're so idiosyncratic and, like, personal, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, to go back to the whole comparison of the worst in the trilogy or what's better or whatever with this trilogy, with this these three specific films, this, you know, this story, I find that such a useless fucking conversation. I don't mean to be, like, harsh or whatever, but, like, the idea of comparing which one of these three are better is just so... I can't really...
2: I don't know, like, at first
1: when no, I No, I've never one, had
0: a favorite, either. Yeah, yeah but was...
2: yeah, I don't have a... I have... Well, I have a favorite, but I don't think that any of them are worse than the
1: other. <laughs> right, exactly. Sure, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, at first when I watched all three, for the very first time... Uh, you know, when I the, fi- the when I finally watched before midnight, my my the worst one in my eyes, the one I gave nine out of ten instead of ten out of ten, was uh, before sunrise. Um but Ooh. that was four years ago. And since then, I've yeah. thought about it, I've heard people's perspectives about it. I'm like, they're so intertwined that it's it, it, mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, this sounds kind of cliche, but they it's hard to differentiate in the sense of this one is doing this that one is doing that mm. and that one is doing that better and this one is doing this worse or whatever like it's it's so they're all so fluidly connected to one another that to the idea of like the like if you watch one of these movies and your big takeaway is like oh that was the worst one or that was the best one i'm like what are you watching the movie for then just to have mm. an opinion on it or to like actually experience the film and the story cuz i think that's the issue yeah. of the comparison heavy shit nowadays is like the moment like when you watch uh when you finish a film from or like you finish the new film from your director you like and your first and the first takeaway you have the moment you walk out of the theaters like that was their best one that was their worst one it's like that's not right that's not a useful observation that's not engaging with actual art that's just like wanting to have a label on things and so the idea mm-hmm. of this whole discourse Again, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to film in 2013, so I don't know this like the before midnight discourse. But to have that, to have like the whole, have a lot of the conversation be around this is the worst one. Seems so silly and really fucking didactic to me.
0: Yeah. Also, like the characters,
2: we're seeing these people grow over so many years that it's kind of like you're hating an entire age group at this point. Like, I hate twenty-year-olds. If I hate right, 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 you're just and because it's so naturalistic, it's like yeah. What what are you disliking? Because it's it's just kind of like a mirror to real life. These movies, right. So yeah, I I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. what someone would dislike about it because there's no
1: right.
0: Yeah the the movies the movies like make up such a clear. Um, like objective, and it's it's like trying to find this one being in your top. Like, which one, which way does this place in your before ranking? Mm. It's like just to get the pot stirring to where it's like I don't know, like sunset is better than midnight, or I, like it it creates one movie almost. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I you know that's that's also a little corny, but it, it's. It's the idea that you uh, you take these these breaks to like check in on on someone's lives that that happen to like pass through each other, and then you know I think Ethan said that thing where it's like uh, before sunrise is like what could be, and then this one is like what is, and like right. mm-hmm. like before sunset is like what what should be or something like that. And it's it's the, yeah, it's like the idea that anybody would. Um, just observe a couple just like living their lives and like how they check in on, on each other. And then once you get here, I think it's it's the idea that something that you once thought could happen is actually happening. And then like the reality of it, or it's like a little scary. I do agree with you guys. Like it, it there is a lot of hope at the end. Um, I don't think Link, Linklater isn't the kind of person to like, have the entire third act trickle down onto the ending, um, they're going to stay together. You know, it's like if we get one this year by any chance, uh, they'll they'll still be together. Cause like, I think what, what uh, uh, Jesse says on the patio, I I do think Celine was listening uh, fully, but. I don't
1: know if I agree. And I'm not saying I don't think they will be together. I'm saying I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't assume they will because I think the idea. I I I think um, what we've talked about earlier is that this is the sad one. This is the real one. This is where it all gets raw or whatever. Even though the other two can also be. Uh,
0: this is what marriage is really like. Right. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> this is the cynical one, uh, which you know it is in a lot of uh, respects, but. It, it, some of these issues are big fucking issues, and I think they also understand. And there's this idea of that. Yes, there's examples of long relationships, but at the dinner, um, I forget the young woman's name, but she talks about how her grandmother, you know, basically like was not like even though she was in a long like a forty or fifty year relationship, they spent a paragraph on the dude. Um, and I feel like that I've heard that antidote another time before, or they got it from somewhere. Cause I feel like I've heard that kind of story like three or four times. Um, but I think there's, a, I think and there, then you have on the other side, they've, you know, Ethan's parents were, or Ethan's grandparents were together for 70 years. So the idea it's it, it, like, you know, it, it's struggling with this idea is that all are all relationships on a ticking clock, which we've talked about earlier um i don't think the film gives an answer to that uh and i don't think they i think it's the idea that it just depends it really does and i there's no this preset rule of love there is not this like this like hard handbook of this is how love works this is how relationships work this is how long they're supposed to last this is what a success- <laughs> successful one is this is a failure relationship it's not. It's it's not that simple. And so, uh, wh- when I finished the f- I, my first time I watched, it, I'm like, yeah, they're going to be together. But the second time, this time, I I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's for sure it's possible. And or or for, or this is just, just Selene is trying to make this like hail mary of like let's just fuck and see if that helps. Honestly, because at this point, I don't know. It's this is yeah. It's it could be seen as a hail mary and. I, I hope they are together and I hope they stay together, you know, talking like they're an actual couple. Um,
0: Everybody wants these crazy kids to work right. it out, you know, because yeah. it's like the ultimately, ultimate tragedy is like one of them uh, putting up the sacrifice for their career um, and Jesse, you know, trying to make it successful still as a writer, but then like Celine's environmentalism can still be um, like only held down by one location, whereas I think Jesse just thinks that he can be anywhere. And I think it's like that ultimate power dynamic is is like really what's shifting Celine and mm-hmm. you know. And then there's like several other things and
2: Well, his regrets about his son too. Like his son
0: too, yeah, exactly. Something
2: that like to me in the movie watching it, it's like you can't repair. Like I don't think mm-hmm. that I think it's too late in the game to be trying to play dad, like <laughs> to move back and all of a sudden be like, I'm here. Like, I don't think his son would want that. Yeah. I my takeaway is just like that. That's not the last fight they're gonna have. Like I don't think this is the last mm. fight they're gonna have. But this I isn't the first the either. Relationship, yeah. But of course, yeah. like it's left ambiguous on purpose. Like I don't think that yeah. he wants there to be any right answer. Um, Beautiful. I like that we had yes. different takes on the ending because I was gonna ask you guys what you thought.
0: Yeah. About it. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say like even if we don't, um, even if we don't get another movie this year. It, it, like, they could, I mean, I don't know, like they could have cooked something up, like, lockdown would, like, those three, like, you know, you can totally see it, yeah, you know, um, I, it, they they ended on that sunset of, like, Jesse and Celine looking out onto, like, the water, and it's like, you can't end it any other better way for me, because, um, like, they have so much pers- perspective now, like, on themselves, and their own viewpoints on life, on their relationship. I think on other couples too, like that whole dinner in Greece is just gorgeous. Cause like you get the oh, couple, like yeah. their own age and then the one slightly older, the one slightly younger. And it's, and it's just like all these different things That's like, it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's the ordeal that we've talked about with um, Richard Linklater and his obsession with time and how it affects different people. It's, it's gorgeous. And we'll talk about him other times you know one thing
1: um before we go to favorite scene um i don't and this is you know this is very different from when i first watched the trilogy uh i you know of course i was like i want a sequel you know nine years 10 years 20 years from now whatever give me a sequel i don't know man i don't think i want one i don't think i want a fourth one yeah i think I'm, i I. it just ends so well i'm just kind of like
2: Ow. well we've also used all the times of day <laughs> that's also <laughs> um, before noon yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I know um uh Jack Black, who's clearly a very frequent collaborator with Richard Linklater, wants to be in a fourth one and uh no. calls it before Eclipse. <laughs> this is all this is all a joke, but he was talking about being uh uh Jesse and Celine's kid. That's <laughs> so funny. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god
1: yeah but i don't know i mean i just, i don't want to know if they if the relationship survives or not i'm i like the ambiguity because i don't know if it cheapens yeah. it i mean hell I'll, if they want to give it to me i'll take it don't don't get me wrong i'll watch the fucking thing but it's mm-hmm. i don't know if i i don't know if i need it i think this is just such a perfect trilogy that i'm i'm satisfied i don't I don't really want anymore, but hey, if they want, I'll watch Ethan and everything. I'll watch Julie and anything. So, hey, yeah. Do do what you got to do. I think if we, I'm set.
0: Yeah. It, if we got one, like you could see it like being like a surprise thing, maybe in like the fall festivals or even this year's Sundance, which obviously we didn't get because this one came out in its Sundance. Also, it was up for best adapted screenplay and it lost 12 years of slave, but that was like, Adapted screen them Twelve Versus a Slave is from a book, but I guess they counted this and adapted because it's it so adapted curious. from the sequels. I it's like guess. I, that didn't register. Like this is so it's clearly like original, right? Original, yeah. 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 I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The answers are yeah. on some yeah. I know. They're on some weird <laughs> shit. But... <laughs> anyway. Favorite yeah. scene. But yeah. Bradley, would you like to start us? Anyone I mean, have one?
2: Yeah. Um ugh. like it's tough. Because the scenes are so long. Right. And there's. So yeah. Long, like, I was thinking about that. Whatever you want to I genuinely just if think you... the last scene. Like, I like the whole thing.
4: Yes? I want to talk right now
5: you by yourself? Are you waiting for somebody? Yeah,
4: I'm by myself and happy to be. I'm an angry person, and I hurt my kids, my work, and everyone I love.
5: I'm oh, just my type.
4: Okay, I'm not in the mood. I came here to be
5: alone. Hey, listen, I've just been checking you out from across the cafe, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but you are by far the best-looking woman in this place.
4: Thank you very much. Yeah, and no,
5: I was just... I'd love to buy you a drink, maybe talk to you, get to know you a little bit, you know? I mean, you're here in business? Okay, I see that. All right. You you have a boyfriend. Not anymore. Sorry to hear that. You want to talk about it?
4: I don't talk to strangers.
5: Well, that's the thing. I'm not a stranger. No, no, no. We've met we've met before. Oh. Summer 94.
4: Mistaking me for someone else.
5: No. We even fell oh. in love. Really?
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I vaguely remember someone sweet and romantic. Who made me feel like I wasn't alone anymore. Someone who had respect for who I was.
5: That's me. I'm that guy. I don't think so. Oh, see, see, I know something about tonight that you don't know.
4: Really? What is that?
5: Something important. You see, I, I know because I've actually already lived through this night. How? I'm a time traveler.
4: Okay.
5: No, I have a time machine up in my room and I've I've come to save you just like I said I would.
4: Save me from what?
5: Save you from being blinded by all the little bullshit of life.
4: It's not bullshit.
5: I assure you. That guy you vaguely remember, the sweet romantic one that you met on a train, that is me.
4: That's you? Yeah. Guess I didn't recognize you. Mm.
5: You look like shit. (laughs) Well, what can I say? I mean, it's tough out there in time and space. You, on the other hand, are even more beautiful than I remember. Bullshit.
4: Jesse, this is not a game. You get all cute, you get in my panties, and next thing I know, I'm buying peanut butter in Chicago. You're not gonna make it better by some little pickup line.
5: I'm not trying to pick you up. No, no, you you misunderstand me. No, 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 no. I'm only here as a messenger. I've just traveled all the way from the future. I was just with your 82 year old self who gave me a letter to read to you. So, here I am.
4: I'm still alive in my 80s?
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
4: Mm -hmm. How's my French
5: ass? Nice. Okay. Really
4: nice. Uh, I don't care about the way I look. Let's just
5: say there's more of you to love.
4: Okay, great.
5: Okay, do you want me to read to you?
4: Do I have a choice? Oh, sure. I
5: mean, if you're not interested in what you have to say. Okay. All right. All right. Here it is. Dear Celine, I am writing to you from the other side of the woods. This letter is lighting a candle.
4: Okay, stop work. it. I would never write this. to flowery. Other side of the woods. What fucking woods? What are you talking about? Man, okay. please continue? Okay.
5: I am sending you this young man. Yes, young. And he will be your escort. God knows he has many problems and has struggled his whole life connecting and being present even with those he loves the most. And for that, he is deeply sorry. But you are his only hope. Celine, my advice to you is this. You're entering the best years of your life. Looking back from where I sit now These middle years are only a little bit more difficult than when you were 12 and Matthew and Vanessa danced all night to the Bee Gees. How deep is your love? Celine, you will be fine. Your girls will grow up to become examples and icons of feminism. Nice one. Yeah, well, you know what I just noticed? That there's a... There's a postscript on the bottom, looks kind of important. Maybe I should skip over some of this kind of boring.
4: Yeah, skip away, please keep away. Okay, you sure? Yeah. Yeah,
5: okay, all right, well. Boring stuff.
4: Yeah,
5: okay, yeah, it's like blah, blah, blah financial tips and some horoscope stuff. Okay, here it is. P.S., by the way, the best, oh, by the way, the best sex of my life happened one night in the Southern Peloponnese. Don't miss it. My whole sexual being went to a new groundbreaking level. Ooh, groundbreaking, huh?
4: great. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay, Jesse, can you stop this stupid game? We're not in one of your stories, okay? Did you hear what I said to you back in the room? Did you hear me?
5: Yes, I heard you. Now, whether you don't love me anymore. I figured you didn't mean it, but if you did, then. Uh... Oh, fuck it. And uh, you know something? You're just like the little girls and everybody else. You want to live inside some fairy tale. All right. I'm just trying to make things better here. All right. I tell you that I love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I tell you that you're beautiful. I tell you that your ass looks great when you're eighty. Uh, I'm trying to make you laugh. Okay. All right? I put up with plenty of your shit. And if you think I'm just some dog who's gonna keep coming back, then you're wrong. But if you want true love, uh, then this is it. This is real life. It's not perfect, but it's real. And if you can't see it, then you're blind. All right, if I give up.
4: What about this time, is she? What do you mean? How does it work? Well, it's complicated. Am I going to have to get naked to operate it?
5: I mean... Uh, Yeah, 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 that's actually... It's been a real issue, you know? I mean, I don't... Close, just they don't travel well through the whole space-time continuum. It's wow.
4: He's so smart. <laughs> oh, space-time continuum. Continuum.
5: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's something that I've been thinking about, about your letter. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you mentioned the Southern Peloponnese yeah yeah and and uh, we're in the southern Peloponnese. Mm-hmm. yeah and do you think it could be tonight that you're still talking about in your 80s
4: well it must have been one hell of a night we're about to have
2: i think the last scene i would say the bedroom scene but honestly after having fun- for so long like the nudity I was like, ah! like was not expecting to see him see them doing that I was like really
0: <laughs> so I
2: colored the whole scene usually I'd be fine with it but I was like I know these characters too well it's like, right, watching right. A, like, it's like you're it's like
1: watching your parents have sex you're like no no
2: sex I was like no oh, no but um no I think the last <laughs> scene I just think it's beautiful I think it's like the dialogue's beautiful and right yeah beautiful. it's just stunning yeah um the acting's amazing but it's hard to pick one because i think the whole movie amazing
0: yeah the last scene's a good one
2: yeah what about you guys
0: <laughs> my friend do you have one
1: yeah um yeah. i think when I'm they first thinking, start yeah. the walk because mm. there's this kind of like huge like relief of finally out of there we're finally away from the kids This is yeah before the we get to be by starts. ourselves yeah this yeah. is before the night starts taking yeah. a turn they're having fun kind they're laughing. excited yeah but they're still like being honest with each other and still having these little conflicts but they're able to move past them um it's really breezy it's really nice but you just there's just this real sense of relief of like this is the first time in nine years we've been able to do this isn't this great and it all mm-hmm. feels natural and I don't know it's also you know it's also like you know slipping back into like you know slipping back into uh the previous two movies it's like oh yeah this is before so like it's like a it's like going walking and talking right exactly it's going back to um you know the uh, the original the the preordained mm-hmm. uh basis of the movies it's like oh we're back we're back to where we were um but yeah i, I really like that scene jack
5: and eventually, he catches his face in the window's reflection, mm-hmm. and he realizes he's no longer a nine-year-old boy. Right? He's suddenly old. He's got a beard. His eyes are watery. Oh, no, this still... one
4: seems sad. At first, I thought you were going to tell me the story about the guy that has an imaginary friend. Which one? and, and when he's in his fifties, the imaginary friend shows up With again. Remember? Right? Yes. Yeah. Are <laughs> yeah. oh, you like that one? That's funny. Oh. Remember that letter you let me read that you wrote when you were 20 to yourself at 40? Yeah, I remember
5: the first sentence. Dear 40-year-old Jesse, I hope you're not divorced.
4: (laughs) No, I didn't even remember that part. I meant all the other things in that letter. You're the same guy. I mean, we always think we're evolving, but maybe we can't change that much.
5: You know how I think I've changed the most? How? When I was younger, I just wanted time to speed up. Why? Well, so I could be on my own. So I could Hmm. be free from my parents and school and all that shit. You know, I just wanted to close my eyes and wake up and be an adult. And now I kinda feel like that happened and I just want everything to slow down. Mm.
4: It's strange, I've always had this feeling, no matter where I am in my life, that it's either a memory or a dream. I
5: know, you've always thought that. And me too, I mean, it's like, is this really my life? Like, is it happening right now? It is. I know. (laughs) Every year I just seem to get a little bit more humbled and more overwhelmed about all the things I'm never gonna know or understand.
4: That's what I keep telling you, you know nothing.
5: I know, and now I'm coming around.
4: (laughs) But not knowing is not so bad. I mean, the point is to be looking, searching, to stay hungry, right? No,
5: no, it's true. I just wish it was a little easier.
4: How do you mean? Well, just to
5: maintain a certain level of passion, you know? Mm. I mean, it used to come so naturally. I, mean, I remember when I was younger, me and all my writer friends, we, like, we just felt like we were doing something important, you know, like this was our time. But you were all
4: a bunch of arrogant little pricks, right?
5: <laughs> no, me. Well, like. may- <laughs> all right, maybe. I don't know, it just grew out of all this energy, you know, and this creativity or whatever ambitions people had. You know, it's like, I think you got to be a little deluded to stay motivated.
4: Young men have this thing about comparing themselves all the time. They have all these signposts they judge themselves by. You used to do that all the time. Do what? What do you mean? It was like uh Rambo wrote this by 17 oh, and Scott yeah, Fitzgerald yeah, no, did this definitely. by 30. Balzac wrote a book 30, before breakfast yes. every day, so
5: what the hell am I doing, you know? Yeah,
4: but uh, yeah. women don't think that way as much. You don't think so? No, we have much less to compare ourselves to, maybe. Most women who achieve anything in life, the first time you hear about them, they're in their 50s because it was so hard for them to get any recognitions before then. They struggle for 30 years or they raise kids and were stranded at home before they could finally do what they want. Actually, you know what? It's kind of freeing. We don't have to spend our lives comparing ourselves to Martin Luther King, <laughs> Gandhi, Tolstoy. Well, what
5: about Joan of Arc, right? I mean, she was a teenager and she saved France. So I mean, who,
4: who wants to be Joan of Arc? Okay? Huh? Forget France. She, yeah. she, she was burned at the stake and a virgin. Okay? <laughs> okay. Nothing I aspire right, to. Right, what a great right. achievement. Right. <laughs> oh, God. What? No, nothing. What? This is so weird.
5: What
4: do you mean? <laughs> just just this, us walking, having a conversation uh-huh. about something else than scheduling, food, right. work.
5: Yeah. I mean, how long's it been since we just wandered around bullshitting?
4: Do you hear what I hear?
5: You see? No. What? Oh, no small feet.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: No, Aww. nothing being knocked over, <laughs> nothing we have to clean up, no injustices being done.
4: Yeah. So when was the last time?
5: Mm. When we had nowhere we had to be.
4: Yeah.
5: You remember walking in Luxembourg Gardens? Yeah. Yeah. I used to kick your ass at ping pong on those concrete tables. Hey,
4: congratulations! You beat a woman pregnant with twins. Well, it's better Such than losing to
5: a pregnant woman with yeah. twins. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> you know what I think? I think it's from the time we leave our parents' house until we have kids. I mean, that's the only time your life is completely your own. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I had about a decade of that. Great. It was just, like, one long flowing a day, a week, a year. There wasn't much difference.
4: No, I used to keep track of time, you know, through jobs and boyfriends and stuff like that. Now I can tell you every detail of the past seven years, okay, based on what was happening in the girls' life. Yeah,
5: right, totally.
4: You do that, too? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean,
5: time's demarcated now. Really? What?
4: No, 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 Why? no, I just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you do that, too. No, but, okay, quick test. Oh, you know, no. August 2009. No, August. You, come on, I, it's a quick one. What was happening? August
5: 2000. Uh, we were on vacation with your parents. Mm-hmm. Nina got the chicken pox first, quickly followed by Ellen.
4: I'm so impressed. Yeah.
5: So, do so I get a gold star?
4: <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. If we're meeting for the first time today on a train, would you find me attractive? Of course. No, but really, right now, as I am, would you start talking to me? Would you ask me to get off the train with you?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're asking a theoretical question. I mean, what would my life situation be? I mean, technically, wouldn't I be cheating on you?
4: Okay, why can't you just say no, yes? No, no, I did, I no, said, no, of no. course. I that wanted was... you to say something romantic and you blew uh, uh, it, okay? Okay,
5: okay. And, uh, all right, wait, if I saw you on a train, okay, listen, I would lock eyes with you. Uh-huh. And I'd walk right up to you and i say, hey, baby, you are making me as horny as a billy goat in a oh, pepper patch. Stop oh, it, that's <laughs>
3: disgusting!
4: Billy goat, no, the <laughs> truth is, okay, you failed the test. And the oh, fact okay. is you would not pick me up on a train. You would not even notice me, a fat ass middle-aged mom losing her hair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's me.
5: <laughs> you set me up to fail on okay, this one. You true, did, all right? True, true. All right? But in the real world, Baldy, okay, on game day when it mattered, I did talk to you on a train, okay? I did that. It was the best thing I ever did. Really? Right? Look yeah. at the goats. Hey.
4: Hello. Yeah.
5: But, you know, that's not even a good question, all right? The real question would be, if I did ask you to get off a train, Yeah. would you get off with me?
4: No, of course not. I have people waiting for me. You know, and (laughs) a (laughs) 41-year-old horny billy (laughs) goat. How creepy. I'm creeped out right now. (laughs) Help, Bohemia!
5: I can't believe I'm 41.
4: Yeah, me neither. You've gotten so
5: old. (laughs)
4: I never thought I'd sleep with anyone over 40. No,
5: no.
4: Actually, you know what? You're what? the oldest guy I've ever slept well, with. Oh,
5: that's, that's something. That's true. You know, I know I'm not the oldest guy you've ever blown. What? That conference in Warsaw?
4: What conference? Lech Walesa. Like Valesa.
5: oh, okay.
4: what are you talking it was about? before we
5: were together, it's, oh. you can admit it. I can remember the way you talked about how he opened your heart. You oh. definitely blew him.
4: Okay, Definitely. you're really crazy. That was mm-hmm. Gorbachev, okay? You okay. geographically right, well, challenged, football obsessed donut loving American. That was <gasps> Gorbachev. I'm sorry, I got and my I, Eastern
5: Bloc leaders mixed up. And okay? I didn't
4: blow him okay. at all, okay? All right. Take it back. Uh, okay, okay. God.
5: So, was it Baklav Havel? All
4: right, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, I think it's the old woman's monologue in the dinner in Greece, their final dinner. Holy
1: shit, yeah. (laughs) You're
3: going. (laughs) Well, when I think of Elias, what I miss the most about him is the way he used to lie down next to me at night. Sometimes his arm would stretched along my chest, and I couldn't move. I I even held my breath. But I felt safe, complete. And I miss the way he was whistling, walking down the street. And every time I do something, I think of what he would say. Why, it's cold today, wear a scarf. (laughs) But lately, I've been... Forgetting little things, he's sort of fading and I'm starting to forget him and it's like like losing him again. So sometimes I make myself remember every detail of his face, the exact color of his eyes, his lips, his, his teeth, the texture of his skin, his hair. But was all gone by the time he went. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes, I can actually see him. It's as if a cloud moves away and there he is. I could almost touch him. But then the real world rushes in and he vanishes again. For a while I did this every morning when the sun was not too bright outside because the sun somehow makes him vanish. Yes, he appears and he disappears like a sunrise or a sunset or anything so ephemeral. Just like our life. hmm? We appear and we disappear. And we are so important to some, but we are just passing through.
5: passing through.
3: I mean, Passing
5: through. Passing
0: through. yeah, yeah I, I, you know it's like what do you say to, the, uh, or what is the toast that jesse gives um to to, for, uh, to 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 freedom or no uh, fr- that for love to yeah I, I don't know <laughs> he's like to forgetting yeah. or
2: like to not forget or something like that
0: like yeah yeah to forgive and forget something yeah Anyway, but yeah. it's it's magical. Uh, I, all of the little mini-actors around um, Ethan and Julie have always been, like, really, really well cast mm-hmm. in all three of these movies, and yeah. this one, I think, nails the specific people that they come across. Um, like, the other two guys that Jesse is talking about his book with.
2: Oh, my God, one of them's such an asshole in the best way. <laughs>
0: It, it kind of makes you question like, is jesse a good writer or it's just like i don't know right you hear know. that and i'm like that yeah. sounds bad dude yeah. that sounds like a badly written yeah, book
2: yeah. and that guy's like yeah. that sounds bad to his face yeah. Yeah.
0: but the yeah. actual
1: writer is yeah. like that's really ambitious that's really great and I'm like yeah. i don't know shit yeah, yeah.
2: i think it's really tender monologue i was in a play yeah. a few years ago or not a, few, a while ago called waiting for the parade it's like this canadian play about world war ii and mm-hmm. it's almost Ooh. identical monologue in it like i was watching this movie and i was like Oh interesting Whoa, it took you back. Very sim- but yeah. I think it's just a universal experience right. losing a partner right. and you just start to forget them. But I was like, babe, get some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so kidding, that's so hard. No, it was it's... a beautiful moment.
1: I mean he's dead, so who cares? Yeah. Um oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do... I'm kidding, there... it
2: is terrible losing your partner. Yeah.
1: I do love the line of I for some reason I can't see him in the summer. Because I don't know, that's that's really profound and it gives me a lot to yeah. think about but it's also just like, I don't know. You know and especially the way it's delivered right, too. Right, right, right.
2: Yeah. yeah, the way summer, the way winter or the other seasons kind of bring out art ghosts. Right. Know, in the way yeah. that I think summer you're distracted so much. You're so
1: much more mm-hmm. reflective in like yeah. fall, and, fall and winter. You're more like you look back more mm-hmm. instead of in the present. So, no, yeah. Most of our
2: t- living I think happens in the summer. Right. right.
1: Yeah. We're the
0: most free and relaxed. Yeah. Um. One more thing, though. I do love, like, once uh, Celine storms out for the final time, like, there's that moment when Jesse is looking around the room and it's, like, the glass of wine, the cheese, the door, yes. the bed. And it's, like, what do you do after something like that? And your eyes just sort of, like, wander around your space. It's just beautiful. It's a really um, well it, put together secret. Of course, simple. like, we're and uh we're talking about how well this this movie or all three of the movies are written in a majority of link later's movies there are some moments in here where it's like why did julie and ethan think this was gonna stay in the final product like i think julie at one point calls ethan um you're the mayor of crazy town or like no, yeah, ethan, ethan calls the that. bed you're the, the, you're yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 of crazy it's town. like that's that's so specific Like, <laughs> or like uh ethan ethan calls the hotel room sexy like Oh, what? <laughs> uh, anyway but like
2: Jesse would say. yeah i know
0: yeah yeah or it's something that ethan would say and he catches it and he's like oh this is rad it's like total dad humor you know like yeah oh man All right. um bro edition i'll thank you so much for coming back uh for me. yeah okay. yeah <laughs> we loved uh doing this one because it's just like everyone i think it's like each decade they just get everyone calls them like one of the best of their decade in like the 90s, 2000s, 2010s. So yeah. it's like cool to finally do this. Where can everybody find you? Anything coming up soon for you?
2: Uh, you can find me on YouTube primarily. Broie Instagram at Broie And Twitter at stational Broy Or Broie Chanel. It's like you have a brand uh, or something. And, yeah. Like it's my brand. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm working on a video at the moment about Greta Gerwig. And the general yeah. discourse around her films because I
0: love yes. her. Yeah. Um, It'll be yeah. a bit better than Valley uh, of the Dolls. A bit better. It'll be
2: about better yeah. films than Valley of the
0: Dolls. We'll <laughs> <see>. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about her many <laughs> times. Pro and we are all like podcast, pro, pro. I know. It's like the most yeah. boring opinion to be like, yeah, if she were on, like, like her. You know. <laughs> no, a lot of people yeah.
2: really don't. That's what the video's about.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> true.
2: <laughs>
0: I guess to us, we've had so much pro. Anyway, but. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um next time in the pod is the nice guys with saffron mave uh this movie is available on hulu right now and i can be found uh, at twitter Jack A. draper and on letterboxd Jack Draper 7 my writing on film is at the boston hassle and uh yeah why don't you take us out
1: oh my turn uh everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow my instagram at uh, mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod you can send us an email at exit 2010s at gmail.com uh please remember to rate review subscribe greatly appreciate it five stars on a pad- podcast platform listen to us on to retweet share tell a friend uh that would be awesome uh, be good to come yourself. back to
0: us every nine years right. oh, yeah course, like you know it's, uh yeah check I'll in see you on in nine us. years jack yeah. i'll see you
1: in nine years um, yeah, yeah yeah be yeah, good to you. yourself stay safe on a train in
0: vienna yeah we've yeah. yeah. done yeah, we've done the ending of
3: before sunrise yeah yeah <laughs> <Not about
1: you. laughs> we could do this all shush. day yeah. and as always be good to yourself stay safe donate to an abortion fund if you can and as always we'll catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s
3: You're going? <laughs> well, when I think of Elias, what I miss the most about him is the way he used to lie down next to me at night. Sometimes his arm would stretch along my chest, and uh, I couldn't move. I, I even held my breath. But I felt safe, complete. And I miss the way he was whistling walking down the street. And every time I do something, I think of what he would say. Well, it's cold today, wear a scarf. (laughs) But lately, I've been forgetting little things. He's sort of fading and I'm starting to forget him. And it's like, like losing him again. So sometimes, I make myself remember every detail of his face. The exact color of his eyes, his lips, his his teeth, the texture of his skin, his hair. That was all gone by the time he went. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes, I can actually see him. It's as if a cloud moves away and there he is. I could almost touch him. But then the real world rushes in and he vanishes again. For a while I did this every morning when the sun was not too bright outside because the sun somehow makes him vanish. Yes, he appears and he disappears like a sunrise or a sunset or anything so ephemeral. Just like our life. hmm? We appear And we disappear. And we are so important to some but we are just passing through. Passing through. Passing through. Passing
5: through. Passing through. -hmm. Yes, yes.